Okay, let's turn to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. How many of you would say your life is better today than it used to be? Amen. I think most of us can say that. Hallelujah. Our lives are better today than they used to be. Why is that? For one thing, we made the decision to put ourselves under the Word, didn't we? And the Lord, through the Word and by His Spirit, has revealed truth to us and brought us out of confusion and darkness and brought us into light and freedom. The truth about what we can have and what we can do as a result of our redemption to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, if we've made progress with the little truth that we have up to this point, how much more progress can we make if we get at least that much more truth and more revelation? People, you know, they quote John portions of John 8:32, and they say the truth will make you free but that's not the whole verse the, if you start at the beginning it says if you continue in my word truly you are my disciples and then you will know the truth and the truth shall make you free what was that reference to? John 8:32. so do we know all the truth yet <laughs> No, we don't. So um, let's believe that we're not wasting our time here and that we're being moved forward where we're supposed to be, living on the earth like Jesus and doing the work of Jesus. So um, let's, we're in Mark. Um, We'll start at 14. And when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them and the scribes questioning with them. And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed and running to him, saluted him. And he asked the scribes, What question ye with them? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. In other words, he was not able to talk. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth, and gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake of thy disciples, that they should cast him out, and they could not. Now this last statement wasn't exactly accurate. Uh, he said they could not, but it'd be a little bit more accurate to say they did not. Because in Matthew 10, uh, Jesus had already given the disciples power to heal the sick and cast out devils. In Matthew 10, verse 1, it says, And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits, that's what they were dealing with here, to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. So he didn't say, I give you power to heal this category of sickness and disease, but not this category. He didn't say, I give you uh, power to cast out all evil spirits except this kind. He didn't make any exceptions. 
So a great multitude is present along with the scribes who were part of the religious crowd. And of course, the scribes and Pharisees were always looking for an opportune time uh, to, to seize the moment. And they're trying to capitalize on the disciples' failure to cast out this uh, demonic spirit. Uh, so just because somebody gets prayed for and they're not healed instantly, does that mean it's not the will of God? No. No, it doesn't. But that's what the majority of Christians believe. Healing is usually a process of recovering from an illness. Uh, when someone is instantly healed or made whole from an affliction, to some extent we call it healing, but to be a bit more accurate, it's really a miracle when somebody's instantly made whole of some affliction, especially that's been debilitating them all their life. It's really a miracle. The bottom line is God wants people made whole, whether it's instant or whether it's over a period of time. And Jesus comes here on the scene, and the Father is telling Jesus how he brought his son to the disciples, and they prayed for him, and they got nowhere. So that does not, that's no evidence that it was not the will of God, but many Christians uh, interpret it that way. Verse 19. Uh, so, so in 18, he's, the Father says, And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples, and they should, not cast, they should cast him out, but they could not. Now, uh, if what most Christians believe is true, Jesus would have answered with some theological explanation along these lines. Well, we just don't understand these things. Um, but all things work together for good according to the mysterious plan of God. And this infirmity has come on him for a reason. And as time goes on, you'll understand. <coughs> Go your way and be comforted by these words. Now that's what many Christians hear every Sunday. Total hogwash. And this is a widely held view by many Christians. We're talking about probably three-fourths of churches in the world believe this in some form or fashion. The, the language and terminology may vary from church to church, but it's the same doctrine. Most of us here have read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John at least one time. Have you ever heard Jesus say anything along those lines, what I just said, what most people, Christians believe? No. No, we've, we've never read anything in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that was even remotely simi similar to that. So why is this such a widely held view by the majority of Christians? Verse 19, he answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring them unto me. 
Jesus didn't give a theological answer. What does he immediately start talking about? Faith. He immediately starts talking about faith. Jesus emphasized faith here and on many other occasions. He emphasized faith. Is this what is being emphasized in most churches in the UK, Europe, and even America? Or anywhere in the Western world? No. What's emphasized? Accept the mysterious plan of God. Just accept it. That's what most churches emphasize. And these highly religious people will, will tell you their theological explanations. You can't know the will of God, even though he's given it to us. In the, in the written word, written down on paper, he's given us his will. His very own spirit living on the inside of us to reveal it to us, but it's just all a mystery. It's not up to us. God's working out some, something here. Uh, he's working out something in your life, and we just don't understand it. And, and the emphasis is just to get people to accept these things. And Christians by the millions have accepted this. Most would not even bother to bring someone forward for healing. Why, why would they? You know what I mean? If that's what you had drummed into you, uh, why would you even consider having prayer or, or taking someone for healing? So when medical science runs out of answers, they just have to accept it. And this doctrine has been around for hundreds of years, but that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, O faithless generation, how long will I be with you? So he wasn't just referring to this little group on that day. He's really addressing everybody on the earth at that time. People of faith do not like being in the presence of unbelief. We are, do you notice when you're around people that, that yeah, it just grates on you, doesn't it? It just irritates you on the inside, and it just gives you the creeps, kind of. Um, but when you've sat in the Word for a while and you find out what Jesus has already bought and paid for you to have, and you start standing in faith for something in particular, and your family and friends and neighbors and co-workers are talking doubt and unbelief, it just bugs you. Uh, and these people don't know any better that's, they, they, because they haven't heard what we've heard. And it, and it grates against you. The same thing uh, is the other way around. People of unbelief, can't, they can't stand to be around faith people. It irritates them, it bugs them, and they don't want to be around it. It irritates them, just like unbelief irritates us. This is why they mock us and shun us, and it makes them uncomfortable. Verse 19, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. Nothing about the will of God here. Nothing about God made him that way, and he's working something out in his life. Nothing along those lines. The Bible's not complicated. Anything that is distressing, destructive, robs you of your peace and your time 
and your uh, money uh, is not God. Anything that robs you of your peace and your time and your money and your family uh, and your fellowship, it is not God. Never has been and never will be. It's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is not withholding anything, but some people don't like to hear that because it does place some responsibility on us. Everything's not up to God, and some people just rather not hear that. Uh, you know, we don't claim to know everything, but I think we're all happy with the little bit that we know. And God doesn't want us to stay where we are. Uh, we all have room to, to grow more and to come up higher in our believing, and that's what we're aiming for. So that's why we're talking about these things. Verse 20, And when they brought him unto him, and when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming. So when Jesus asked that he be brought to him, the situation got worse. It didn't get better. It got worse. He, he, when that spirit saw Jesus, he just threw this boy on the ground, and he went in, into a seizure. So what was causing this to happen to this boy? In this particular situation, it was a spirit. Now today, people would have medical names for this, and none of them would use the word spirit. Uh, if you implied that something was caused by a spirit today, you would be mocked as ignorant and superstitious uh, and not enlightened by the modern medical world. Now obviously, everything is not caused by a spirit. Obviously it's not. But by refusing to believe at all, that, any, that in the spiritual realm at all, uh, people are totally dismissing this whole passage of scripture. In verse 17, even the boy's father said it was a spirit. Even the boy's father knew that there was a spirit involved in, in attacking this boy. And when you start to talk about things like this, people get in one ditch or another. Either uh, they totally just um, ignore uh, the fact that there are the spiritual realm, that there are evil spirits uh, behind things, uh, or they're even good spirits. They just totally discount the whole spiritual realm, and they deal with everything on the natural level. Uh, or you got people in the other ditch, and there's a devil behind every bush, and the devil's causes, you know, the, the, the devil, they talk more about the devil than they do God. So you got people in one ditch or the other. Uh, when the Spirit saw Jesus, he threw the boy down in a seizure. I remember hearing Brother Copeland say one time back in when his meetings were quite small, a lot smaller, uh, this woman brought a, a girl forward for prayer who had seizures. And he said as soon as he gave the faith command, this girl went into a seizure, the worst one she had ever had. And the, um, the ushers took took her out, her mother went with her, they took her out to some back room, and Brother Copeland never saw her again. About nine months later, he got a letter from the mother, and that girl never had another seizure. 
But see, you, you cannot go by what you see. You know what I mean? You, you, once you give that, he said, once you give that faith command, you do not move. And, and he said, what if he had backed off and said, oh no, I missed it. What are people going to think about me, you know? Uh, what if he had been thinking about his reputation or whatever? That girl might have come out like this boy. She might not have got any results either. So he said, once you give that faith command, you do not back off and you keep your faith applied. And, he's, and the mother wrote him nine months later and said the girl never had another seizure after having the worst one she'd ever had right there, after he'd prayed for her. So, you get the point, amen? Hallelujah. The, the, the devil, the devil that, that's exactly what he wants you to do is say, well, you know, they prayed for me and it didn't work or whatever. That's exactly what he wants. He wants people to, to look and feel. So we're beginning to see some of the reasons why everybody is not always healed. Hallelujah. Uh, faith is precious and it's not common. We have the impression that everybody has faith. And, and according to the Bible, everyone doesn't have faith. Everyone has the capacity for faith, but not everyone does. Uh, I'll just give you a couple of scriptures for that to back up that statement. 2 Thessalonians 3.2 says, For all men have not faith. The uh, disciples' literal New Testament says, And that we may be delivered from out of place and evil people. For faith is not possessed by everyone. The NCV says, and pray that we will be protected from stubborn and evil people because not all people believe. You remember Jesus said about the centurion, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. And in Luke 18, 8, he says, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? So it's, it's a rare thing. It's not common. Strong faith is not everywhere. And when we begin to understand this, a lot of things will make more sense. So faith is of the heart and not of the intellect. Uh, we're not judging anybody, but it's exciting to know that faith is rare and precious, but we can have more. We can have more than we've ever had, and it's going to affect our lives in a positive way. And uh, you can believe things uh, even though you may not understand it. You know, uh, you don't have to understand how a car works to go from point A to point B. You know, you don't have to understand all the mechanics and all. But you, you believe that the people that built it knew what they were doing and the company will back up what they say and you get in it and you go. Amen? So back to Mark 9. When this demonic spirit saw Jesus, it threw the boy down, foaming at the mouth. Verse 21, and, and Jesus asked the father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, of a child. And oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. 
Uh, now, if this happened today, you know, the doctors would say, well, we can give them some medication to control the symptoms, but he can't be left by himself. Somebody has to be with him all the time. He'll be this way the rest of his life, and there's nothing more that can be done. Uh, uh, the point here I'm making is just to say that the medical profession has limitations. We're not uh, criticizing them or judging them. They do the best they can, but they're dealing with the natural, and they have limitations. Does that mean nothing else can be done? No. Amen. Right answer. <laughs> but you can hear the desperation in this man's voice. He's already brought him to the disciples. The disciples prayed for him and nothing happened. So Jesus is his last resort. Isn't it interesting how some people, it's the last resort. Well, maybe we'll go to God, you know, or maybe we'll go have prayer, or maybe we'll go to this meeting, or, you know, we've exhausted well, everything we said, else. We said this morning, maybe these diversions are wrong. <laughs> You, were, you were right, yeah. Prayed and five minutes later, that's his name. I think yeah. it wasn't the diversion, but we went yeah. and then we picked up the diversion sort Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Praise God. Hallelujah. So I'm going to say it again. Just because somebody prayed and somebody didn't get healed instantly, that is no evidence that it's not the will of God. I don't care if they're a worldwide evangelist. I don't care how many times these people have been prayed for. It's no evidence that it's not the will of God. In uh, Matthew's account of this story, in Matthew 17, the disciples came to Jesus afterwards and they asked him, um, uh, even here in Mark's account, they asked him afterwards, why, why didn't this come out? And Jesus said, because of your unbelief. That's what Jesus dealt with. So um, he didn't say anything about the will of God. He's, and he says, uh, the man says, if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. You can hear the desperation, and now he's putting all the responsibility on Jesus. He's saying, it's up to you, Jesus. Verse 23 and Jesus said, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Did Jesus say anything about the will of God? No. No, because it's his will, will that all are healed, all set free, all saved. Uh, the disciples had already prayed for the boy with no results. Now, if, that, if it was not the will of God to heal that boy, Jesus should have just said so right there. He should have explained it. This was a perfect opportunity to preach a sermon that healing's not for everybody. Uh, if, it was a, if it was the will of God that this boy not be healed, then when Jesus turned around and cast the spirit out, he would have been going against the will of God. So can you see these contradictions? It's just not, just not logical what people believe. They, they're confused. Let's say this together. All things are possible, All things are possible to, them to them that believe. One more time. All things are possible to them that believe. Amen. 
The ERV says, Jesus said to the Father, why did you say if you can? Why did you say if you can? All things are possible for the one who believes. Are all things possible for everybody? No. No. All things are not possible for everybody. Verse 23 in the message says, Jesus said, if, there are no ifs among believers, anything can happen. Let's say that together. Anything can happen. One more time. Anything can happen. Amen. What the doctors say can't happen, can happen. What the bank says can't happen, it can happen. Amen? Hallelujah. What people say can't happen, it can happen. How many of you know in here somebody or your own case, somebody said it can never happen and it did. Amen? Hallelujah. Verse 24. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. The message says, no sooner were the words out of his mouth than the father cried. Then I believe. When Jesus said all things are possible to him that believeth, instantly the father said, I believe. I believe what you said. Help me with my doubts. So he was believing. He believed what Jesus said in his heart, but he had some things coming against his mind that were try working against him, trying to pull him back. I heard uh, Brother Haken say long time ago, he says, you can have faith in your heart and doubt in your head. Yes. And I, I didn't know for a long time what that meant, but I'm, you can begin to see in this story what he's talking about. Um, because faith is of the heart, and you can have things bombarding your mind trying to pull you back, but that doesn't change what you believe uh, in your heart. Amen? Verse 25 when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter him and enter no more into him. Jesus dealt with a spirit. He spoke to it. He called it by name. He knew, he discerned the root of this problem. Uh, you know, in the natural, people just deal with symptoms and surface problems. And Jesus discerned, and, and we need to be open. We're, like I said before, obviously everything's not caused by evil spirits, but we need to be open uh, to, to the possibility and that, uh, that the Lord reveals to us there's something at the root, behind the scenes here uh, in operation. And when you deal with that, the thing will go. And that's what Jesus did. Uh, he didn't say, Jesus didn't say, okay, everybody, step back. I'm the son of God. I'm going to take care of this. But you don't try this. This is just, I can only do this because I'm the son of God. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. No, he talked about what? Faith and believing. He talked about faith and believing. And that's for all of you. That's for all of us. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. Verse 26, And the Spirit cried and rent him sore, and came out of him, and he was as one dead, insomuch that many said he is dead. 
So Jesus called the spirit by name. He told it exactly what to do, and it came out. And it got worse still. Now they think Jesus killed him. It got even worse again. It didn't look any better. It looked worse. Verse 27, But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. So when Jesus dealt with the root cause, the symptoms left, and the boy was free. And we have no reason to ever think this boy ever had another seizure. Amen. Let's say this together. It's possible. possible. One more time. It's possible. Hallelujah. Now, a lot of people would say, yeah, Barb, but this was Jesus. He did these things because he's the Son of God. And, uh, you know, well, the Bible says that Jesus emptied himself of all of his divine abilities when he came to earth. And he ministered here as a human, as a man, filled with the Holy Spirit. And we have the same measure of faith that he has. He's given us authority and power of attorney to use his name. Don't we see these things happening in the book of Acts? Those were just people like you and me. They were just believers. And all they had was the name of Jesus. They didn't even have the New Testament. They didn't know anything else, but there was power in the name of Jesus, really. Uh, so we, uh, you know, they, they got the same results. They were people, believers, filled with the same Holy Spirit. So what happened between then and now? <laughs> that we don't see more of these impossibilities happening. We don't see more of these uh, manifestations of the Holy Spirit happening. Well, God has not changed. His will has not changed. And His power has not changed. People changed. Amen? What people have been hearing from the pulpit has changed. Preachers afraid to minister like this. An overflow of head knowledge and intellect and reasoning and unbelief. Now let's turn uh, to Hebrews. Let's turn to one more scripture as we close. One more scripture. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. That's a pretty strong word, impossible, isn't it? But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. So that's the first thing we got to believe. And then that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now the message says it's impossible to please God apart from faith. It's, 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 you know, it's not logical that the people that are resistant to the faith message are resisting the very thing that enabled them to get saved. You know, you can't get saved without faith. So it, it's just not logical to be anti. Uh, the, very, the very faith that got you saved is the very faith that gets you healed and blessed and anything else. It's just not logical. Um, 
It's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. He cares enough to respond to those who seek him. So this verse tells us two things that we're to have faith in. Number one, that God is and that he exists. And for those of us who have read this scripture many times, we just kind of take this for granted that God is and that he exists. But there are millions of people that do not believe this. Millions of people on the planet do not believe this. They're modern, they're educated, they're full of head knowledge. Uh, they don't believe that God is. They don't believe that he created the earth and the planets and the oceans and the trees and the animals or us. They don't believe that. So when they need a miracle, what happens? <laughs> they just don't have a chance, do they? They've exhausted all their natural resources and then those people are finished. Number two, we, we have to go beyond believing that God is and that he exists. We also have to believe that he is a rewarder and he re is a responder. And we have to believe that when we ask, we receive. And when we reach up to God, he will respond in faith and he will reach back to us and he will answer. So we're not talking about what I can do or what you can do. We're talking about what God can do. We can't make these things happen. We can't create new joints. We can't create new organs and blood vessels. Uh, our part is to believe. Number one, what? That God is and he can. Number two, we're to believe that when we ask and reach out that God will respond. Now we've been confessing and we're going to continue to confess and declare uh, about uh, having greater manifestations, visitations, and demonstrations of the Holy Spirit and, and of His power in our lives. Everybody say it's possible. It's possible. Amen. And these things are not always spectacular. So uh, you know, Brother Hagen once said, um, I think it was, people look for the spectacular and they miss the supernatural. So it's supernatural, but it's not always spectacular. So don't, when you don't see the spectacular, don't let go of your faith. It's, it's, uh, he said, everything's not spectacular, but it is supernatural. So we've prayed, we've confessed. And we believe God has heard our prayers, and we believe it's already happening. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. So let's say this together. We're getting free from fear. We're getting free from unbelief. Father God, Father God teach us, teach show us, us what, is real faith what is real faith and what is not. And bring us to a greater place in you. Help us like you helped this man. Help us like you helped this man. To know what to listen to. To know what to listen to. To increase our faith. To increase our faith. Help us over the hump. Help us over the hump. Like you helped this man. Like you helped this man. I believe that you are. I 
What I ask and believe for. I am confident you can do this. And I am confident it is your will. Because I see it in your word. I believe you are a responder. When I reach up in faith. What seems impossible, I believe anyway. Like Abraham, against hope, believed in hope anyway. Amen. Hallelujah.